0: Star Wars: Seven by Seven, Episode 2,965. It's publication day for Beth Revis' *The Princess and the Scoundrel* hits shelves today. It's a light book that also dives deep into the minds and hearts of its protagonists. Punch it. Hey Rebel Razor, I'm Alan Voivod and this is Star Wars 7x7, your daily dose of Star Wars joy. And thank you so much for joining me for it. So- I had to say I'm a little bummed that The Princess and the Scoundrel didn't come out two months ago because quite honestly it feels like a perfect beach read kind of book and here we are getting it on August 16th when a lot of the beach days have gone but hey, that's okay, there's still time to settle down in the sand whether you're in the sun or like me under an umbrella <laughs> and just enjoying a great Star Wars story well told by Beth Revis. Now, here's the official publication summary. It says you're cordially invited to the wedding of Princess Leia Organa and Han Solo. The Death Star is destroyed, Darth Vader is dead, the Empire is desolate, but on the forest moon of Endor, among the chaos of a changing galaxy, time stands still for a princess and her scoundrel. After being frozen in Carbonite, then risking everything for the Rebellion, Han is eager to stop living his life for other people. He and Leia have earned their future together a thousand times over, and when he proposes to Leia, it's the first time in a long time he's had a good feeling about this. For Leia, a lifetime of fighting doesn't seem truly over. There's still work to do, penance to pay for the dark secret that she now knows runs through her veins. Her brother Luke is offering her that chance, one that comes with family and the promise of the Force. But when Han asks her to marry him, Leia finds her answer immediately on her lips, yes. Yet happily ever after doesn't come that easily. As soon as Han and Leia depart, their idyllic ceremony for their honeymoon. They find themselves in the grandest and most glamorous stage of all, the Halcyon a luxury vessel on a very public journey to the most wondrous worlds in the galaxy. Their marriage and the peace and prosperity it represents are a lightning rod for all, including Imperial remnants still clinging to power. Facing their most desperate hour, the soldiers of the Empire have dispersed across the galaxy, retrenching on isolated planets vulnerable to their influence. As the Halcyon travels from world to world, one thing becomes abundantly clear, the war is not over. But as danger draws closer, Han and Leia find that they fight their best battles not alone, but as husband and wife. Now, we've talked about these publisher summaries in the past, which are the you know, material used to promote the book in websites and places like Amazon and whatnot, and it's also basically the book jacket copy, so when you actually go to your physical bookstore and pick this hardcover up, you'll be looking at the inside book jacket there, and that's basically what you're gonna hear about the book. Sometimes it's accurate and sometimes uh, maybe it sets an expectation that isn't quite fulfilled. I will say for a start, the conversation about Han's mindset and Leia's mindset at the beginning of this summary is very much reflective of the stuff that we get throughout the book. And that, for me, was actually one of the best and most rewarding parts of the book. However, you get the idea from the publisher's summary that Han and Leia are having multiple encounters on multiple planets with Imperial presences, and that's not really the case. There's one planet that figures very prominently within the storytelling for the Princess and the Scoundrel, and yes, there is an Imperial presence there, and yes, they have to defeat it, which happens in a very swashbuckling style. But it's really only one world under the malign influence of the Empire that we get to experience in this novel. The novel itself is based broken up into you know three sections for all intents and purposes one of them has to do with getting Han and Leia through the wedding and off for their honeymoon the second part has to do with them being on their honeymoon on the Halcyon and then the third part which is the most significant part from a page count perspective a chapter perspective has to do with them arriving at that particular planet and dealing with the situation that develops as a result Now, across the entirety of the story, which, by the way, is told in alternating chapters, so one chapter will be from Leia's perspective and the next chapter will be from Han's perspective and vice versa, these chapters really dig into the minds and hearts of their respective narrators. And in particular, I liked Leia's ruminations a lot. She's got a lot to be processing right now, aside from, of course, the whirlwind wedding situation, but the fact that she's found out that Darth Vader is her father and what that might mean for her ability to use the Force and whether that's actually a good thing, or whether the knowledge of the Force is tainted by the idea that her father was just a terrible person, and who really is her family? Does she really consider him to be part? of her family, or is her family Brea and Bale? So her meditations on family, on the possibility of using the Force, and what could it mean, and how should she possibly consider using it if she even does consider using it, that's all mixed in together with her reflections about Han and what's going on with him, and being aware that he has lost a year of his life due to being trapped in carbonite, and occasionally reflecting on moments where you know his experience might be bringing some of that trauma back and for his part han is also reflective about what's been going on in his life certainly the time in the carbonite Weighs on him for sure but he is also thinking about broader picture stuff about how he got involved in this rebellion about his relationship with Chewie and getting him back to Kashyyyk how this new relationship is going to affect his relationship with his best friend and partner meanwhile both Leia and Han have said yes to a marriage which I mean it's a whirlwind romance for sure because they were basically just barely saying that they were into each other before Han got thrown in carbonite and then he's barely been out of carbonite for you know a week or so and now they're getting married and so as they go on their honeymoon they're already having to (laughs) to start figuring out how they're gonna interact with each other and also how to figure out where they're going to draw the line or if they're gonna draw the line or how they're gonna draw the line between their personal lives and their professional lives I'll also say that the Endor section is particularly fascinating watching people figure out how to deal with the aftermath of the war and a shocking victory for all intents and purposes. There's already been talk online about the party that Lando throws in honor of the happy couple, and yes, there are definitely some laugh-out-loud moments for that, and for that matter, in the wedding ceremony as well, which is ultimately very beautiful. And when we get to the Halcyon, you know, when you see the Halcyon anywhere in storytelling right now, it's really hard not to have the idea in the back of your head that, oh, you know, this is kind of marketing material for the Galactic Star Cruiser situation down in Florida, right? And as far as its appearance in The Princess and the Scoundrel goes, I'll say one thing on the good side, which is that it absolutely makes sense based on how they've set up the Halcyon and all the storytelling that yes, This is where Han and Leia would go for their honeymoon under the circumstances, so yes, it's a natural to put them there for sure. That said, I don't feel like it really gives us a lot about the Halcyon. I mean, we basically spend time in Leia and Han's honeymoon suite, which is fine. We spend time in a climate simulator, we spend time on the bridge, we spend time down in the engineering space and a makeshift brig, and that's mostly it. Oh, you know, and the giant Uh, dining area situation too but yeah we're not necessarily learning anything spectacularly new about what happens on the galactic star cruiser on the halcyon and one of the things actually involves a tour of the bridge which actually sounds very much like things that I've seen in concept art about what you actually get to do when you spend two nights on the galactic star cruiser then, just past the halfway point of the book, we arrive at Medors where most of the Imperial-related action in the story takes place. And the main villain is actually, I won't spoil it for you, but it's a villain that we haven't seen in quite a while. That much, I'll say. All right, what else can I tell you? The repartee between the two characters is good. Leia, it has been so deep in her head for so long that seeing her come out of her emotional shell is great. Han feels like he has moments where he's sort of vacillating between being remarkably mature and also just taking everything way too personally, way too quickly. I mean that from an observation perspective of how the characters are behaving in the book, not necessarily critiquing from that perspective, but taking the critiquing point Leia feels like it's dead on, and I'll say Han, for the most part, feels dead on, but there are a couple of cases where I feel like maybe Beth Revis is giving Han a little bit more credit than he deserves in terms of emotional maturity. I mean, I'd like to assume the best for him and from him, but I feel like He hasn't necessarily had the opportunity to be reflective in a manner that necessarily allows him to be as understanding and supportive for Leia in some cases as he ends up being. But it still is believable in Beth Revis's hands, and if you're a Leia fan, if you're a Han fan, you will absolutely love this book. If you like lighter Star Wars storytelling, if you will, then you will also like this book. It's definitely a different reading experience from, say, you know, picking the most recent Star Wars book that just came out before it, Shadow of the Sith by Adam Christopher, right? Definitely two entirely different styles and two different types of books. If your taste leans heavily to the Shadow of the Sith style book, then you might not be as rewarded by Princess and the Scoundrel. But I guarantee you, if you like Leia, you like Han, the insights that Beth Revis brings to the table in this book for the two of them are absolutely Absolutely worth the price of admission. So, that right there is going to wrap up our review of The Princess and the Scoundrel, our non spoiler review. And we're going to get a little spoilery in the coming days. And don't worry, I won't spoil too much of the book, but we'll talk about some of the deeper stuff that Beth Revis is pursuing in this book, which is very cool. And yeah, we'll get to that. But for now, it just remains for me to say thank you so much for joining me for today's episode. As always, and may the Force be with you wherever in the world you may be. Star Wars 7x7 is not endorsed or sponsored yet by Lucasfilm Limited, Disney, or 20th Century Fox and is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. Star Wars, the Star Wars logo, all names and pictures of Star Wars characters, vehicles, and any other Star Wars related items are registered trademarks and or copyrights of Lucasfilm Limited Other their respective trademark and copyright holders. May the Force be with them. All original content is copyright 2021 by Star Wars 7 by 7 We hope you love it.